We talk movies. Hello and welcome to a watch along of Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope with the hosts of Jedi Alliance. I am one of your hosts. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is, of course, one of the other hosts, the Internet Soapbox, Mark Donica. How are you guys doing? So we have already done watch-alongs of Episodes 1 through 3, so here we are at the original trilogy. We are going to be watching uh, what I think of as the Specialist Edition, uh, the most recent version yeah, of Episode of 4, uh, New Hope. Uh, like many things in Star Wars, the various editions of the classic trilogy are, of course, controversial. But we decided, uh, since there are so many different versions with minor tweaks, why not just watch the most recent thing? This is the current Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. the, the only Blu-ray. Yeah, the only Blu-ray. So the current Blu-ray. I guess the only legal <laughs> Blu-ray, maybe. Yes, the only legal. that. Yeah. Yes, because I have some other Blu-rays that I won't <laughs> speak about or tell you where I got. It was in an alley. Yep. Uh, so we uh, we already discussed the prequels. The prequels are very controversial, so we spent oh, yeah. a lot of time kind of talking through, like, what do we like? What don't we like? How does it work? Why doesn't it work? The classic trilogy is very beloved, but uh, yes. I kind of like to look at it in the same way of like uh, trying to look at it with fresh eyes of what's good, what's weird, what's uh, you know maybe bad. What's what do we like about the special uh, edition? Special what don't exactly. we like? It's it's the special edition part that I think is going to be the most interesting. Yeah, because I I recently went back and watched my uh, my VHSs, the last VHSs before. The uh, the special editions came out. Yeah. So seeing everything in through that lens, and now coming back and seeing it through this lens, I think will be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I also want to kind of watch it with the lens of how do we understand them differently because we watched the prequels. So and, and so recently. Them. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I also want to do real quick. We do this yes. every time. What is your experience of watching this film? When when did you first see it? I mean, as a child, I my most vivid memories are of watching Return of the Jedi, not this one, but I know I watched this one a lot, because back when I, or when I had my uh, my actual brain, my current brain, <laughs> I do remember uh, watching it and knowing it and remembering it even, so that probably wasn't my first time watching it. Yeah. So I, I probably started watching this from a very young age. Yeah, yeah. I have a few pre-this movie memories. Yeah, very But this few. is one of my <laughs> very early memories. Uh, everything before this is just sort of dark and boring and sad. <laughs> and then life opened up for me when I saw this movie. So this movie is like a part of, this is like watching a part of my DNA on the screen, which is very weird. And, and you know this movie backwards and forwards. Yes. So we will try not to quote this as much as possible. <laughs> we, will, we will do it here and there so that you can properly sync up. We also have our timer in the corner uh, just so that you can follow along at home. Again, we are watching the most current Blu-ray. Uh, I'm ready to get started if you are. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to do it on go. I'm going to count down and I'm going to say go. So in three, two, one, go. Star Wars. It worked. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, like many people, I became very attached to the 20th Century Fox uh, fanfare going into the Lucasfilm logo. Mm -hmm. um, it's important. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited uh, to... I know that they're not going to do anything else before it, but I'm excited to see kind of how they get into uh, if it's just going to be a quiet screen or if there's going to be some new little bit of thing for The Force Awakens. If, the, if they're going to make a... If John Williams... Ah, beautiful. Yeah. If John Williams is going to make like a new cue for the intro yeah, yeah. to lead up to this tag, yeah. well, that'd be great. Because, it, it, I mean, I think it is served well by that nice build-up. Um, I think one of the fascinating things of trying to watch this movie uh, from from a sort of fresh perspective is how many how many risks were taken and how nobody doing this making this knew that it was going to be a thing that 
two dudes would be sitting on a couch <laughs> talking about over the internet 40 years later. Let, let alone probably several dudes uh, uh, across the internet. And and ladies, let's be fair. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. This, this was one of the m- best cases of art through adversity that there ever has been. And George pushed so hard just this is this was his well I mean this wasn't his ultimate vision this this version that we're watching is probably closer to his ultimate yes. vision um, but it's it's amazing to th- you the the personality and the humanity of the production comes through and yeah. despite it being this space adventure like from thousands of years ago uh, th- this connects with so many people on on the most basic levels. Yeah, yeah, and it's just fascinating to think about, like, uh, we'll get into it in particular, but, like, sometimes people criticize Mark Hamill's performance, um, <laughs> and it is one of the things that gives me the greatest geek rage that I feel so strongly about, that, a you know, a, a mostly unknown actor doing a weird space movie, you know, basically alone in Tunisia, he kills it. He does just an amazing job as no, an actor, I agree. I think. And especially just, you know, looking at it from that different perspective of he doesn't have the weight of star wars to carry he's just doing a good job on a weird space movie yeah he's just he's trying to do he's trying to evoke what he feels the character should feel and it it does come across and if you go through his first couple of appearances in this movie to his the last scene uh, or or even just vader and he in the in the turbo lift yeah uh and just the the vast difference and the growth of that character from this little wimpy nineteen year old kid <laughs> on a weird desert planet yeah. to Jedi Knight All powerful and Master Jedi Knight yeah uh, yeah and just th- so we just saw the long tracking shot of the Star Destroyer uh, and there's you know been a lot of commentary about how they needed to nail that shot in special effects to sell it and <laughs> I even remember is an incredibly tiny child I had already watched like Star Trek on TV or seen some other random old space stuff. And the idea, I, I don't, I don't want to lose the idea that that that's a part of the huge initial success of Star Wars is that it looked not only so aesthetically cool but realistic it space real. stuff. Like yeah, it was a B movie that didn't look like a B movie. Like that, you don't see the the string that's holding that that ship up. Yeah, you know? like oh. even the way the shadow moves over the model, just like mm-hmm. yeah, the innovation in the model work. Uh, I, I think is a huge part of the story of why Star Wars became such a big deal mm-hmm. because, you know, I think generations always love this kind of space fantasy and this uh, battle of good and evil, but to have it look so believable that mm-hmm. you can immerse yourself in it, I think is part of what made people go go crazy and come back to the theater again and again in 1977. I Yes, 100% agree with you on that one. The, uh And stakes immediately. Yeah. Like, to, war immediately. Yeah, and to give the stormtroopers props, they just took out a lot of dudes. Yeah, a, cu- a couple of them went down, but not yeah. as much as the plain-clothed rebels. Yeah, maybe a couple of the uh, maybe a couple of the rebels are just faking it. They're lying maybe. down. To, but there, there was another good stormtrooper hit. You go, stormtroopers. <laughs> Dude, like, I guess I never really thought about how many people go down just so frequently in this scene. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, when you first saw it, did were you young enough that Darth Vader scared you? Totally. Like here's <laughs> here are these these soldiers, all same face. You can't you can't see their face, so that alone is scary too. Um, and then here's this big dude in black. But uh, like it was imposing. Just like what is what is this character? 
Yeah. And then, of course, when he just he's got the dude up by his neck, it, yeah. it's it's scary. It's supposed to be scary. Yeah. But sorry, I was I was giggling a little bit to myself because there's so many famous. Uh, now that the, this movie has aged so well, there's so many uh, audio dubs of Darth Vader's lines in yes. in this scene. Yes, and I was thinking of the one uh, from Coming to America. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's great. It's I'm the looking it's for my son Akeem. James, all other James Earl Jones <laughs> yeah, dialogue. So yeah, if good. you haven't seen that, look that up on the mm-hmm. internet. That's it's great. Um, I think another fascinating thing for me to to watch is ca- sort of what lines are legitimately successful and what lines just feel successful because we've quoted them forever and they're yeah. a part of our lives now. And it's cool to like watch Darth Vader from both the perspective of when it, w- when it was initially released and just no, no real introduction, just catch up on who this dude is. You'll figure it out. Yeah. He's terrifying this is and imposing. But then coming from the prequels to see where Anakin is now. Like he's back. He's shouting at people. <laughs> yeah, using his hands instead of the force to choke mm-hmm. people. Sometimes you just got to get down and dirty with it. <laughs> he said stun! <laughs> and then he got not yeah. stunned. Yeah, so great that it starts uh, right away with uh, with Leia just blasting a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. She ain't going down without a fight. Yeah, it's cool that she's actually the first hero of our triumvirate of heroes that we see. Yeah, one of the things I think is interesting about this section coming up is is 3PO and R2 kind of slowly make their way to Luke is by 70s space movie standards, Star Wars was just on fire in terms of its mm-hmm. tempo. But in comparison to other movies, including other Star Wars movies, this section I think is the only section that is kind of a little bit more taking its time. Yeah, slow. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't even call I When I was a kid, I thought it was boring, you know? Mm-hmm. But that that's because I didn't know what film pacing was supposed to be. <laughs> so so now I could I totally appreciate what they were trying to do and establish with all of that time. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I haven't watched the uh, the Blu-ray before, and the detail is amazing. Like you can see <laughs> the paint strokes on Vader's yeah, helmet. Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> like, that that helmet's been through some stuff. Yeah, like he's done some touch-up jobs with that. <laughs> he's got some spray paint out and touched that up. So yeah, th- and this is again a, like a great little detail of sort of like when you're just watching it, uh, you know, especially if you start watching it as a little kid, and then you get older, and you get to you you get the sense of some of these little uh, these lines about oh, there's a Senate, somebody can be a traitor, uh, Leia is clearly a part of the rebellion, but she's trying to hide it, and you get yeah. a sense of like oh, what this government used to be like, and then you come in with the prequel knowledge, and it's you know it's, it has a little bit more weight of like this is the absolute dying gasps and then of any sort of government structure. And even the the little bit in Lost Stars mm-hmm. that we got of the the Imperial banquet 
uh, at the on Coruscant for the Senate. Yeah. The little bit is like, oh, that's Leia from Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the persp- And that's another thing that I'm excited about watching four, five, and six again, is having that framing of lost stars and seeing where all of those characters are. Right. Right. So we know that 3PO got wiped in between 3 and 4. Right. How hard of a life has he had <laughs> that he's like, well, we're always suffering. Yeah, well, so in theory, yeah, he's been with Leia on Alderaan. Yeah. Uh, probably doing, you know, just dinner parties and stuff. But, uh, you know, he does have the line about their former order owner is Captain Antilles. So maybe he has been bouncing around a yeah. bit and had and been – and he does actually say coming up here when he's talking to Luke that he's – you know, seen some stuff with the with the rebellion, hmm. but I still I, I so I think he's probably had some rough stuff. One hopes not as rough as getting his head cut off and put no. on a battle droid. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to watch too, uh, in in comparison to the Force Awakens, and like I remember from being a kid, how much R two was a sort of entry point for a kid. Yeah. Because he's weird and quirky and he was kind of right and people didn't listen to him mm-hmm. and understand him uh, and you, you have real sympathy for him when uh, the Jawas get him coming up here in a bit. Uh, and I wonder if BB-8 is going to have some of that a same role moment. of like that real uh, empathy in where like young young people can sort of relate to his perspective. I, I figure so. The, the, the way that they've been showing him in the trailers so far make they're putting him out there as he's on the planet for a reason. Yeah. Whether he landed there or was put there. Yeah, and Poor I think... Anthony Daniels, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God, I gotta walk in his damn metal suit. Yeah, in the in desert. Uh, oh, it's the Kryat dragon. <laughs> uh, this is... One of the cool things also about these is, like, having played through so many video games versions of this, you know, I remember getting extra points for finding the Kryat dragon in many different video games. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things I, I do like about uh, this longer opening with R2 and 3PO is I feel like one of the main themes of A New Hope is, you know, that destiny, that that all of the, that the Force will make it so that Luke finds his path, mm-hmm. and that these sort of weird little adventures of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 reinforce that of, like, they are going to Luke, mm-hmm. and they're going to get this thing moving because that is the will of the Force. Destiny. Yeah. Beautiful. And this this part is is scary. <laughs> just just in general, you see, yeah. like you're you're instantly sort of drawn to R two as like a fun character, uh, and then he's automatically put in a situation where you're surrounded by glowing eyes and and I mean it it looks shady. People who are or creatures that are out to get him. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's creepy. Like little creepy crawly things. If you don't know that they're Jawas yet, yeah. Uh, and they shoot him in the face. Yes, and Star Wars, I think, is single-handedly responsible for inventing uh, one of the largest staples of all Long. '80s film, which is <laughs> blue lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's. I mean, it's a pretty cool effect. It started with the uh, the stun ray, which we never see again, as far as I know. Uh, we see it in Clone Wars. Okay, we see it in Clone in Wars, but I mean, series. in, in yeah. four, five, and six, we no, don't, I don't see think so. the circular blue. Shot. No, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and I think that's a, a another fascinating thing about watching A New Hope in particular, but the whole original trilogy. How many of these things were just sort of like late-night decisions made by tired, stressed people trying to get this film done, and now they're like, canon they're a thing that's the way it's done and it has been for 40 years because like some tired british dude was just like i don't know it's got to be something how about I mean, this case in point the costumer for for this for for uncle ben and and or uh, uncle ben i'm in uh, sorry <laughs> Mar- i don't marvel movie news thing but for but for ben uh and uncle owen like they're they're wearing like desert garb yeah they're not necessarily and then wearing that morphs into every single Jedi wears this stuff. Jedi, yeah, which is definitely a weird and controversial thing. Yeah, um, I think another thing about this sort of longer uh, adventures of R two D two and C three PO at the beginning is it's weird to watch from the modern perspective because I think from when it was released, it gave people time to sort of uh, marinate in the weird world of Star Wars. Yeah, before agreed. just launching into like the whole story. Uh, that just really time to just take in. Like, part of this is just aesthetics. Part of this is just eye candy of what a weird, fun, strange world. And and diverse. Yeah. And and and, and especially in when we get to the cantina, it's just it's an automatic establishment of how much variety and how much difference there is in this universe. Yeah, and Lucas's kind of uh, ongoing interest that he's talked about of sort of the. Um, uh, the Gog, anthropological Gog. Uh, perspective of Star Wars of if possible he wants to be able to show like how a world functions mm-hmm. you know and just we when it, that's one of the first things we get to see in Star Wars is sort of like the e- economy of Tatooine mm-hmm. and and just filmmaking in general if you establish the the world and the rules then once those once those are established you can make leaps and steps in different areas yeah. But since you have all of this background of, oh, don't worry, this is this is what this world is like, then everybody can accept it a lot easier. Yeah, Most absolutely. movies just say it now. It's like, right. here's what's going to happen, this, 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 and that. Okay, those are the rules, and then they move forward. Yeah, but this, just... taking the time, does so much more. So, yeah, there's a special edition shot. Uh, it's been, I think that's been fixed up a bit. It's still not amazing CGI on the do-back there. No, it's, it's, it's all right. It's better. Um, they, the, it's the lighting. But it's uh, it's certainly yeah been been touched up since these came out in '97. Now, yeah. did you see the special editions in the theater? I, I don't. I didn't see all of them in the theater. But I think I I may have seen just this one in the theater. That that sand trooper or stormtrooper now they used to be called sand troopers had a, a backpack and a little bit of a thing like a flamethrower. Mm. I wonder if that has been. I don't know how recently Glass that has the been. Planet has been added, but I mean I think that there there is definitely some retroactive continuity going on in Star Wars, and I think the idea. That flame troopers are a thing is mm-hmm. is something we're supposed to believe because we were supposed to believe flame troopers torched Brew and Owen. Sense. So I think that that's a great special edition ad to have uh, somebody who looks like they've got a little flamethrower jetpack on their back. I mean, this is amazing to go this far into the movie with this many characters not speaking recognizable English. Yeah. No subtitles. And without, with, with uh, still only met one hero. Yeah. Though some would argue three PO and R two are heroes, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, R two is certainly yes, yeah heroic. Yeah. And in terms of the controversial R two leg jetpacks, I choose to believe in my personal headcanon that it's been a rough go. They just don't work anymore. Yeah. 
the, I mean, the parts don't exist. May, the parts may not exist to make that adjustment, so they yeah. converted it into whatever model is is current for Astromex. Yeah. Yard sale. Yeah, man, this, it, there is a lot to see in the Blu-ray. This is a movie I've watched a lot of times on a lot of mediums, but like just how kind of dusty and messy the Jawa's uh, robes are, and how kind of flat some of the paint jobs on the on the on the set dressing is. But that's kind of cool anyway. Yeah. And uh, there's a great opening shot of oh. Luke, the establishment of Luke, that he's heading one direction, and then somebody calls him, and he is distracted. So it actually supports the idea of that he needs to kind of turn <laughs> into a different direction for his destiny, and also what Yoda accuses him of, of never being focused on any one task. Yeah. Always looking around for something new to do. Yeah. Okay, so his 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 uh, un Uncle Owen's uh, outfit there is, is Jedi-esque, but it's not total Jedi. No, no, no. It's a, it's it's a robe with a, with a brown uh, <laughs> tunic. <laughs> it's like really crappy Jedi cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Jedi bathrobe. <laughs> you can see the like the Disneyland logos in it. Yeah. Now, three PO says that his first job is very similar to uh, the language of the evaporators, uh, Bachi, which that has to be a new memory. So he must have had a different experience that was similar to one of his actual experiences, which is working on these very evaporators. Yeah. Could have been. Uh, what if he went to the desert planet of Jakku? Who knows? Plenty of desert planets around, especially, yeah, ro rolling around with Wedge, he probably hit a couple of desert planets on his time. Yeah, and I think that Captain Antilles, I think this is something Lucas has said at some point, that it's a different Captain Antilles. Oh, it's not Wedge. Maybe. I think that's something that Lucas has said. I I'll, I would have to look up the actual okay. canon. I'm sure people will, will comment. So when I was young, the this sort of bad motivator, this... uh. The, the kind of attitude in, in story of Luke really wanting to leave home mm -hmm. and have adventures super resonated with me. Was that powerful for you? Was that a powerful part of the movie he, for you? I mean, he's one of the most, well, not necessarily just likable, but relatable characters. He's he's living this life that he doesn't really want to do. He's just kind of going along with it. And, of course, he, he, he sees bigger and better things. He I 100% what I felt similar to Luke in... There's something better out there for me. I know it. And, yeah. and when it comes along, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that opportunity and that chance. Yeah. And I mean, the music cue doesn't help either. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Hope. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Yeah. And it's uh, just a fade, not a wipe. Hey. So now, you know, watching, watching scenes like this in contrast with the prequel trilogy like now this is the sort of area of the garage where uh where anakin confessed to slaughtering people was jealous uh, of obi-wan and angry and in contrast luke is playing with a toy he's, play, he's playing with a lambda class <laughs> imperial ship uh it's a t-16 skyhopper oh yeah it's his skyhopper it's a model of his skyhopper oh i sorry i saw the three and it looked like a lambda oh yeah. it, it absolutely does yeah um and I, I only know that from playing video games where you get to fine. fly his Skyhopper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love just little turns of phrase like carbon scoring that just sound like <laughs> he's so <laughs> excited about the rebellion. 
What a doofus. And it's it's fun for me to think about like Luke's perspective of the Empire. Is does he Tatooine is a little bit out of the way, but he seems really excited about joining the rebellion mm-hmm. and fighting against the Empire. Um and it's interesting to think about like, well, why? What what makes its way out to Tatooine sort of propaganda wise? Because they, we don't see Tatooine before, or at least in, in reference to this, we don't see uh, how occupied it is. Yeah, I, well, I don't think it is, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they it, think it's like this. Like, if they want something there, they come marching through and take care of it. The it's Empire does. But kind I of don't a sovereign think, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it is difficult to interpret A New Hope as George Lucas intended... Uh, Luke and Leia to be brother and sister initially. Given yeah. Luke's, <laughs> I mean that's a fine thing to say about your sibling that they're beautiful. But um, I, I'm also fair enough to Luke. He's he's been living out in the. How often does he really go into town? <laughs> how many pretty girls are there really? Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a pretty girl. Yeah. I mean there. I mean there's the the yeah. extended bits of the script. Uh, some uh, that uh, are Luke hanging out with his pals. Uh, and there's at least one young woman hanging out, and she's in the novel version. But he probably didn't go on a lot of dates. No. no. <laughs> I, and I do like that Obi-Wan decided to just take, eh, Ben. Yeah, it's Ben. Ben's good. <laughs> Ben's a nice, calm name. I'm not going to change Kenobi, but Ben, that's good. Obi-Wan's the weird part. I'll leave Kenobi. <laughs> but that, yeah, that is just a wonderful thing to accept about Star Wars is like no matter how deep in hiding you are, you don't change your last name. Except for Kanan, I guess. Kanan's yeah. bucking the trend. I always like the effect of the little lightning bolts on the side of the restraining mm-hmm. bolt when he pops it off there. Yeah, and it's fun to think also of R2, of like how much he knows. Because I, I, I choose to believe that R2 has never been wiped, and he knows exactly where he is. Yeah. He knows exactly who Luke is. And he, in theory, I would think that he would want Luke to be able to I think we're going to get, gonna get a, a confirmation of that in 7. Mm. I, I think that would, be, that would be an awesome thing for the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, like this scene is obviously there's a, m- a million amazing things going on in this scene. Uh, I love the performance by these actors as Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Just their super meaningful, weighty looks. And this is one of the scenes to me that just lines up great emotion-wise with the prequel. Yeah. So obviously they weren't having a uh, Obi Wan over for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool like to have scenes like this where like there's sort of this uh, weighty backstory. They're well acted. They're emotional, and then also just as Star Wars fans, one of the biggest things we take out of it is blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> Remember and talk about. And and cleaned up as it is here, it looks kind of like gray milk. Yeah, there, there's, uh, yeah, there's. It looks a little bit like maybe it's a protein shake. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's not really like to think of this being an idea of the future, even though it's the past, whatever, to this being an idea of the future, we do have those now, those like oddly colored protein, like I eat three of these and there's yeah. chia seeds and all this <laughs> in it, and that's all, that's my food for the day. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's just, it's interesting that, uh, that movies can get into your life that way of like, I would be more uh, likely to drink protein shakes if I could mix one that looked like the blue milk. That yeah. would make me feel better about drinking protein shakes. <laughs> I'm s- kind of surprised, I figure that's something that Disney might jump on. Yeah, and I, I've really marveled in in more recent years about just yeah, just the weight of those scenes, uh, in the way the characters play them, and it fits. <laughs> Love the kicking the <laughs> rock out of the way. Never gonna get yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's a great performance because I think it's accurate to how he feels. So yeah, the staring at the twin sunset, this music cue, like this is a huge part of just who I am. It's also in the original trilogy, I think, one of the one of the most sort of powerful callbacks between the films when Yoda in Empire Strikes Back accuses him of always looking off mm-hmm. and never having his mind on the present. And we're like, yes, we know, because we literally saw He's him do that. Several times. <laughs> and that's another another thing about 3PO. His first reaction is, don't deactivate me. <laughs> what What has he been doing? Yeah, and maybe people have been really, really mean to 3PO. I mean, he is a little bit of a hypochondriac. Uh, he is paranoid. <laughs> he is a little neurotic. That's his charm. But maybe, uh, maybe it's well-earned. You're right. And, th- and that line just there, too dangerous because of all the sand people. And you were thinking, is that, were those the Jawas or who? Like it, it oh, yeah, it like when you first see yeah, it's it. Like yeah, like what, what, are what are sand people, yeah. Why are they dangerous? Yeah, and I hadn't really uh, ever looked at how many just kind of normal fades in and out in this early part there are, and we don't get into as many wipes as t- until we're switching from locations. Yeah, we had one good one. Yeah. Desert to desert. Yeah, and Ben Burt makes everything sound interesting she has some sort of vegetable space cuisinart <laughs> and even that sounds awesome it's a, it's a stew pot but <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah it's a space stew pot yeah and it just just the incredible dedication of people like ben burt working on this movie just wanting to be good going like that space stew pot has got to sound awesome that's a nice payoff in uh, Phantom Menace of we see them considering shooting, and then in Phantom Menace we finally get to see them actually shoot during the yeah. pod race. <laughs> Sweet Bantha, bro. Banthas are amazing, yeah. yeah. So we're coming up on the very first limb removal in all of Star Wars. <laughs> 3PO falling down. <laughs> like that line, sand people, the worst, because <sighs> in, in in modern terms, that sounds very sort of millennial and <laughs> over the top. 
sand people. Ugh, Ugh. The worst. Those guys totally suck. <laughs> they don't even like Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah, so like somebody somebody picked the design of what it looks like when you're looking through space binoculars. Yeah, uh, and and now that's like that's just that's the way things look in Star Wars and always have. Uh, I still love the 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 Tuscan Raider noise. The, well, the, not not just the noise, but the reversal of animation. Oh, on the gaffy stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, clever editing. It's like yeah, just just play that back. We need it for another couple frames. <laughs> I am appreciating the detail on Luke's pants because of the Blu-ray. This this is this watch along is turning into a commercial for the Blu-ray. You didn't think that it was just it, like they that you thought they were just khakis, but they're not. Is, yeah, man, there's some burlap action. Okay, uh, that, that I am not a fan of. No, that, that was different. Bordering on the Wilhelm scream. Uh, I like it's fine that it was bigger and ghostly, but mm -hmm. it ended with a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Could have ended with Wilhelm a boogity screaming. boogity. Yeah, yes. Make sure he's dead, and then I'll check his pockets. <laughs> Magic. Yeah, and so we have to believe that Obi-Wan Kenobi knows exactly who R2-D2 is. I mean, maybe there are a million other astromech droids right mm -hmm. now that look like that, but it's hard with the amount of time that we know Obi-Wan spent uh, with R2, that he does not recognize him. Yeah, and so the idea of, of Ben just sort of hanging out on Tatooine, waiting until, in, not forcing it, not taking Luke and training him from youth like the Jedi way was, but just saying like, I'm gonna wait until destiny brings us together. Every encounter he has with Luke, he must be kind of hoping, like, maybe now is the time that it will feel like it is the will of the Force. Like, yeah. it is the time for destiny to move forward. Or maybe at this point, he's just getting impatient and thinks Luke's real old enough. I think now that everything's picking up when it comes to, like, him being referenced by name and such, mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, it's now or never. It, I have to do it now. Yeah, but that he's I, starting to unravel. That Luke will start to unravel the past himself. Mm -hmm. And seeing, uh, I think one of the reasons why everybody wants to see an older Obi Wan movie to to bridge the gap between three or four is because he had to go through so much stuff internally as a character and as a man from relying so heavily on the council and these are the rules right. and the regulations and everything. Look at what it did to my best friend. Yeah. To totally tore him apart and l and to where he is now. Yeah. And re resolute and and uh, like maybe not okay with it, but he's come to terms with it and and what what was his emotional journey between all of that? Yeah, yeah, and I think that would make a great movie. Uh yeah, first limb removal. Um with Ewan McGregor coming to that acceptance of, you know, I think there could be a great action movie where he's tempted to leave Tatooine or even does leave Tatooine on a mission and maybe senses that Luke's in danger has to, like, rush back and sort of accept, like, this is this no, is the reality. This is who I am. I can never leave. Yeah. Dude, and you're a droid. You got your arm ripped off. You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> he's a little on the melodramatic side. Excellent wipe. There's a motion wipe. Yeah. That's funny. What? 
wasn't wasn't Thane a navigator on a spice freighter? I think he was, yeah, from Lost Stars. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, the sheer volume of information in this scene without feeling like an exposition dump is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, wow. shock's reaction from Luke, and I feel like everything that Obi Wan says in this scene, while some of it, uh, you you have to give some allowance, uh, it tracks with the prequels. He, everything he, he literally says about Anakin, about being a good pilot and a cunning warrior and a good friend, and I thought I could train him as well as Yoda, it doesn't track perfectly, but it also all tracks. Clone Wars helps. Yeah. And that's just a great technical note. Like, we want to give Anthony Daniels a break, so we'll take him out of the suit, and we'll just put... Yeah, an idea that he can fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. and the lightsaber. Uh, yeah, and I like in all the special editions that they that they have certainly done some stuff with the lightsaber, but the, the lightsaber effect still does look a little old school. Yeah. Uh, and it, so I like that, they, that Lucas never really went and messed with that. That now that line has weight. That yeah. line is like really like, I can't believe that this is where I am. And that pause was is just excellent. How did my father die? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Everything that Jedi. Ewan McGregor does in this scene tracks emotionally perfectly with the prequels and with all of the revelations. Ewan McGregor, uh, Ewan McGregor. Alec McGinnis. Uh, yeah, everything that he does, they've blended in my mind. Everything that he does in this scene, I think, is just sort of note-perfect emotionally, which mm -hmm. is really, really impressive. Uh, in, in, it makes me think that, that he, that Alec Guinness really did approach this uh, in a very accurately way and really tried to make the most sense out of it and mm -hmm. make a little bit of a backstory and imagine, like, well, what, what, is, the, what is this guy actually thinking? And from his yeah, his his performance, despite what his reservations might have been, he still adds so much just with his presence. Oh yeah, such gravitas, and like the other actors have said, like yeah, that his presence made them take it seriously. Uh, I saw a great, it's on YouTube, a great interview with uh, Alec Guinness from the from like '77 when it was released, mm -hmm. um, and he talks a little bit about how it was a weird experience, and he wasn't sure with. What about some of the dialogue, and that's some of the dialogue he he tweaked a little bit <laughs> with uh, with George's permission, uh, which you know uh, contributes to why some of his lines are great. But then he ends the interview just by saying, you know, it's a great space film. It's about good versus evil. The one thing that I really hope is that people just go enjoy the movie about good and evil. Don't think about it too much. Don't talk about it too much. Just enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, oh, Alec Guinness, you're so cool, and like, I'm so sorry. It's like it's so we there's never so stop talking much about it. Jargon. You'll see a dude, he'll have a red light a red sword like uh laser sword. He's the bad guy. <laughs> that I, actually I kinda want to go back now and see if there were any pre release interviews to see how the actors described this. Like what was the pitch? One one of one of the things that I like when when I when I interview people about their movies is uh, how can you sell this to a general audience? I want to yeah. see how how this crew, before Star Wars was anything, how they tried to sell it, if if at all existing. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of it sort of 
from what they've said in various interviews, a lot of it sort of tracks with the the kind of the personalities of the actors. Yeah. That, you know, Hamill himself was a little bit of a geek already, so he was like, yeah, awesome. Uh, and I think Gary Fisher was, you know, sarcastic and witty and and I don't think Harrison Ford was as grumpy yet, but <laughs> All right, space boardroom. Uh, yeah. So oh, beautiful. Yeah. So this uh, this scene works <laughs> great, uh, and I think has weight uh, from the prequels as well. The what are you? Dangerous to your Starfleet commander. He's just so <laughs> haughty and full of himself. So do you think? Uh, so in in comparison, qual in comparing quality to quality, do you feel like? that's like an example of bad line de delivery had this film been released in 1999 and we were seeing it fresh is the new star wars do you think lines like that would have made people roll their eyes and go that's bad delivery this movie isn't as good as the prequels <laughs> that's funny um that's a, just a fun way to frame it but uh i i think that would be one of the ones that like the people like to quote the, the prequels bad lines mm -hmm. quote-unquote bad lines I think that would be one that would make the list. That okay. that's like a eh, power converter. It's like a, that's a similar like vein of just like, dude, chill. Yeah. But now, also that fits to his character. Yeah. So. Now a ton of these guys. So th these were just like British actors, you know, and especially in the seventies, just like a British actor that, uh, you know, they would do episode after episode of Doctor Who and other space mm -hmm. and science fiction shows. So it's cool to think from them. That was just sort of like, oh, uh, I'm going to do an episode of Doctor Who. I'll get shot by a Dalek, and then I'll just I'll bop over to Star Wars, and I'll say some other spacey lines. And, uh, you know, and Doctor Who certainly has some melodrama, so it's not surprising that some of these actors kind of go for it. Yeah. There's a lot of ham in this room. Uh, my, one of my favorite lines was, was just said, the... The power to destroy a planet is significant uh, next to the power of the force. Yeah. Flip and love that line. In, it, you know, in terms of the new canon, it's really establishing that the force is sort of being uh, erased from the galaxy. People are kind of, the, the Empire is kind of trying to sell that it's made up, mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it barely ever happened. Jedi are kind of a myth, and that Vader is the only one who's just out and loud and proud. <laughs> and that scene is great for that. Uh, yeah. In context, and you understand more why the other Imperials are like, you know, it, it's like in the real world if everybody was like, well, we were just moving on, but this one guy won't stop talking about Scientology and <laughs> that it gives him superpowers. Yeah. And, and there's that sort of, like, that... It, it makes Vader's character interesting because people are afraid of him, and he's also out of step. Mm -hmm. So, like, we, we're terrified of you. You choke us and kill us at a, on a whim, and you won't shut up about <laughs> this thing that's kind of out of step with the way we're like perceiving the galaxy. Would you like to take a personality test? <laughs> I have to get a midichlorian reading. <laughs> Oof. And he, uh, yeah, Alkin has just had the uh, it's too, it's too the accurate for a Stormtrooper's comment yeah. that has launched many a meme and joke. Like there, there. It's so. That shot is just one of one of the most real things in this entire movie. Yeah. Like it's it's torch. There's no special effect. It's literally just fire. Yep. And smoke. Just burned and to bits. Skeletons. And then, yeah. For a kids' space movie about good and evil, this is pretty nasty. Yeah. Like oh, they were burned alive, and you can still kind of see their blood. Yep. 
See their blood in Blu-ray. Yeah, and that like that his reaction there is so great. So many emotions. So it, there's been the fan theory that this was actually the work of Boba Fett, and I feel like that's being squashed with the uh, with the flame troopers being introduced into canon. I've actually never heard that theory. Oh, really? That it was Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, it's because we've never. The theory is based on he has a flame thrower. Well, we've never that we've seen, never seen him use. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure he did, like in comic books and whatnot. But uh, yeah, but, but I mean, but in, in the film. I in mean. the film, no. Uh, we see Django use it, but yeah. in the prequels. Uh, and he's got it in battle. But yeah, him. I like that flame. I like the flame trooper being introduced in Canada. There's the mind probe that we use hey. for our segment. Which you can do uh, facebook.com slash Jedi yeah. Alliance. So I think that's a thing that would be laughed at if it were not in the context of this film that we love. Like, it's so many other things in this film are so, like, so great and inventive. And like, oh man, it's a space ball with a syringe? Is she going to do... I'm going to get you with truth, sir. <laughs> She's getting her flu shot. R2 staring at fire. It's like, dude, this fire is pretty sweet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but I, I so my process of growing up with this film, I related so much to Luke. I wanted the excuse to like leave the boring life and have the exciting life. And then as I got older, I realized like, oh, but the price of this fun and excitement is every parent finger figure you ever have being <laughs> slaughtered. Yeah, and that sort of uh, the guilt of it. Obi-Wan has to be so happy to hear that. Yeah. Finally, jeez. <laughs> Here's coming up one of the most classic lines, I think. Richard Hive of scum and villainy. Unless you live in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so these are back to some 1997 shots. Uh, this is a shot that uh, offended Bonk. a lot of people uh, coming up here. Where I like this shot. That yeah, this shot's cool. You get an establishment. Yeah, it's of a the nice city. angle. You get to see a little bit more of uh, Mos Eisley. It's the shot coming up here where everything kind of walks very flat in front of the screen, which yeah. is just sort of traditional vaudeville language of comedy. That sort of flat walk across the screen. Space car. Another version of a land speeder, I believe. Are <laughs> you chilling? Gonk droid, get out of the way! Come on, yeah, yeah. I think it's that shot, the big old Ronto butt. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, then the, the yeah. it's the flat. Get out flat, of the way. Flat uh, pass across the screen I, is a bit much for my two cents. So like this, the the mind, the mind trick. Did Alec Guinness just say like it feels like I should do that one hand wave? And he doesn't even do it. He just does it the first time. He doesn't yeah. do it with every line. But now it is canon. It is a thing. You must do the thing. Yeah. And that, that's to and me is just, just fascinating of just these little choices that just snowball into a big thing. That's what you're seeing with all of these franchises. Yeah, and there too is getting up in not the most elegant way, so we no. know his rockets don't work. Uh, I'm, I'm also having fun watching uh, A New Hope 
wondering how much the structure of the Force Awakens is going to mirror it. Yeah, I I mean so far it looks it it looks like it it'll probably have a lot of the same elements. Yeah, I mean certainly from what we've seen of the first act, not to devolve too much into Force Awakens talk because we do plenty of that, uh, that it's going to have that sort of like chance meeting of fate of characters. Uh, so yeah, the the uh, the cantina scene uh, predicted some things. There's lots of creatures in here who are vaping, very clearly vaping. <laughs> we see uh, the severed heads of IG88. Uh, behind the bar, yeah, the pre, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before, before he was IGA, he was yeah. just part of the bar. Uh, Satan, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, and some jizz whaling. What the music is actually called, if you don't know, is jizz whaling. Mm -hmm. Character's name is Bo Shrek, I believe. Uh, I have an action figure of him because I have shrekt. a problem. Uh, in the droid detection unit. Yeah, so I mean, this was. I think for a lot of people, this scene was the one that they talked about because just for as much as Lucas was upset that this scene wasn't as alien as he wanted, this is just freakishly alien. You just yeah. didn't see this many different weird creatures. And there were, I mean, there's plenty of humanoid-ish characters, but mm -hmm. like he's really the only character and Luke yeah. and, and Ben are really the only characters that are super humanoid. Yeah, woo hair. And I don't know if I've ever looked up if it is anywhere in canon what Luke is drinking what just kind of came out of that vat of space alcohol but I would love to know probably somewhere in the script yeah so again like just a few second shots of uh, Hammerhead, Hammerhead or Momont Nadun is his canon name and a Thorian and then we go on and he's those races are important <laughs> in Star Wars lore oh Honda Baba yep And I've always liked the line with uh, Dr. Evazan here of, like, is he just horribly scarred, or, or was he a different kind of alien humanoid? Yeah. <laughs> or is he just that messed up? He looks <laughs> looks like there was a wholesale on that Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode with yes, the pig people. The, yeah, the turned up knowings. And I do like that that is compressed Jedi philosophy. Obi-Wan says, please, no. Let, let's talk this out. Let me buy you a drink. No, they say all no. Right. <laughs> and he says, okay, well, I'm going to use this for defense. Fair game. Vaping. <laughs> Space hooker turned into vaping. Yeah, and you have to think that, like, Obi-Wan knows, like, okay, everything's going to get moving now. Uh, I am going to come out of hiding because I'm with Luke. Using a lightsaber, even in an outer rim planet, he knows is super calling attention to himself. Yeah. From the perspective of the... You know, having everything else we know from prequels and other expanded fiction. It's an appreciative audience at the cantina. They applaud nicely. I've always liked that. Well, wait, has that always been in there? Yeah, that's always okay, been good. Hey. Yeah, he just radiates cool and charm. And also ruined pronunciation of the word falcon for people. <laughs> That's one of the things I really like about the uh, the original trilogy. And I think it's it crops up other places. But I like that the characters sometimes just pronounce things differently because it does make it feel real. Sounds cool. Like Lando calls him Han. Yeah. And I think we hear both falcon and falcon. We do. At different points.
Yeah, now we get to see Obi-Wan Kenobi interacting with other people. His character really matches up with the Obi-Wan we meet in the prequels and in the Clone Wars. The negotiator. He's the negotiator. Uh, a little bit bemused, a little bit devious, a little bit like he wants to be patient and calm, but he also kind of doesn't have time for BS. Yes. He's sort of just like, <laughs> oh, I'm oh, son, I know every bit of your BS, Han Solo. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Look at that. You're not getting <laughs> <laughs> that was a great animated GIF I roll. <laughs> Being very patient with Luke. It's fun to think of also like how weighty this emotion is for Obi Wan to be uh, hanging out with Luke. Mm -hmm. Not only that he's been his guardian forever, but he had this relationship with Anakin, and he failed Anakin. And like, does he see how much does he see Anakin in Luke? How much does he see like Luke is a much nicer guy, uh, but has had a still calmer life. Yeah, but still has the impatience and is still a little cocky. But it's still just clearly just far more relaxed and kind. Yeah, that I like having that framing of that relationship. Okay, so the most controversial of the special edition moments coming up here. Oh, that's right. We're going to see that Credo. scene. And I believe it has changed multiple times. Uh, you know, it was, of course, that Han shot not first, but only then it was Greedo shot first. Then it was they shot at the same time. And Let's I see which think it's it is. still at they, sh they shoot at the same time. This is something that I really hope that Force Awakens does, is longer conversations with subtitles. That would yeah. be really cool. What? I mean, there was the thing that Farscape did where everybody got like a translator just injected to them so everybody spoke the same language. Yeah. But if you didn't have one of those, you would hear all of the languages talking at each other. Yeah. So this this helps frame the world to where... Maybe everybody can understand different languages. Yeah. But I've always loved that he, he picks at the wall to kind of distract Greedo. Yeah. His eye. I think there are many scenes in this to give George Lucas, with uh, all the abuse he piles on, just credit for really well-directed scenes. Uh, the, in, like, that, like those little touches, like the picking at the wall. Yeah, that's at this point that's sort of like Greedo shoots also, but it was almost angled like he was his aim was way way off because he was getting shot. That was really fast. It was, but also you're you're distracted from the edit of Han's head moving out of the way, <laughs> yeah. post, like post productionally, kind of poorly. So yeah, and that's been in the other special editions, but I, that that happened a little faster. I like that. Yeah, and this uh, uh, the whole thing. Uh, it's an interesting thing to consider the force of like. It's fine that Vader kind of doesn't recognize Leia. Mm -hmm. uh, is similar to Padme, or is possibly his daughter. But now he's spending intimate time with her, torturing her in some way. Even if he, even if it's just that he's observing the mind probe, torturing her. In other expanded fiction, that's now legends. There's a lot of talk of exactly what what went on in there. Uh, Leia talks about it a lot in the Splinter of the Mind's Eye book, which is legends now. Um, but I think in terms of like how Vader is being portrayed in new canon, that mm -hmm. he is trying to shut off that I was Anakin Skywalker, but I'm just ignoring all those emotions. Like to me, that's a little bit of a sort of uh, patch for why he doesn't respond to Leia at all. Yeah, it's like just because just because she looks like Padme, like I need to, I need to no stop. Yeah, maybe stop, stop, stop. maybe that's something that's me even more like she looks like Padme. I'm I'm shutting any emotion down, any reaching out with the Force down even more. Yeah. 
and just embrace the hate. Yeah. Always like this weird little alien, Garandan. So another controversial scene here, and uh, we'll see how they if they fixed it up a bit of Han stepping on Jabba's tail. Ugh. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't like I don't it, the the stepping on Jabba's tail is a, li- a little goony, but there's plenty of goony humor in yeah. uh in A New Hope. Uh I do like Boba Fett being present because he comes to be such a big part of the whole Star Wars saga. I like putting him in a little bit earlier. And yeah. it and it shows the relationship with Jabba as yeah. to why why he would go to Jabba with Solo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still not a huge and, and and it is weird how up in Jabba's business on it. Well I mean and that's that's <laughs> that's kind of a fault of the original scene. Um Well I th- you know, there's the human actor uh there that they they replaced with the actual Jabba. Yeah. He's so he still must have been pretty close to the guy. But not yeah. like literally like my abdomen to your abdomen. <laughs> well he he was a bigger dude. But he wasn't Jabba big, so yeah. it, I mean, it's hard. It's hard when a uh, it's hard when an actor has to make choices based on the actor that he sees. Oh yeah, well of course. When we don't, of course. So that I think that also creates a, a different kind of disconnect. But I think if if that scene was made like they wanted it to be in the first place, that yeah, it'd be an all right scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of, of the tail step, and we don't get a ton of information. Like maybe the most information we get out of that uh, scene is that Han and Jabba's relationship is still a little civil right now. Yeah, of uh, they can try to talk it out. <laughs> I've never really just concentrated on Alec Guinness's face, and he is so not impressed with the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Great take from Harrison Ford. Yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of those little little takes uh, that just really tell us who the characters are through little choices. How much of it was George Lucas's direction? How much of it was the actors just doing a great job, or e- the younger actors being influenced by Alec Guinness? Uh, but I think sometimes when people criticize the the prequels, I think it's a little bit of that. Those great moments of sort of uh, character building in tiny tiny moments. Yeah, and I think I think we're gonna have that in spades in the Force Awakens. I agree with that. Also, do you think we're gonna get a lot of the stormtrooper side approach? Because I just know it's several times now. Whenever they they burst into a room or on the scene, they're always like kind of looking out <laughs> their side eye, just like, oh, oh don't yeah. shoot me, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. Yeah, maybe that was just the best way to see out of the helmets, practically. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that w- that would be cool if they continued that. Yeah, Two it, buttons. Yeah, it, it's also interesting. Uh, we we've been talking so much on the show about all of what what backstory is going to be explained in the Force Awakens. What you need to see, and thinking about seeing this movie fresh in 1977, mm-hmm. almost like every other line is something that you can extrapolate what it means, but it's not explicit to you at yeah. all. Especially with the because uh, it's ki- it's almost borrowed language. 
Yeah. Because Star Trek was around for a little. I mean, I mean, not. I mean, it's it's been it it had been around. Yeah. So you can kind of like, oh, it's it's a version of this or it's a version of that, but it's made so much like the clarity is there now. Yeah. And 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 that's that's why I want to see all of the stuff, all the promotional uh, materials to try to sell this concept. And now we're in a world where literally the entire world wants to see a movie. Yeah. Th- about uh, space bears. Yeah, and it's interesting to just see how culture has changed. That like we're maybe we're not as accepting of not knowing things. We yeah. as fans want to know and memorize. Like we want to know what every little thing is. And mm. and you know, this first movie is a little bit more just like, eh, it's uh, light speed in hyperspace, and we make calculations on. You know, he doesn't say nav computer. You know, but uh, but that in 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 the time past, we've memorized all those things, and I, I hope Force Awakens has some stuff like that. That's just like, here's a term, deal with it. We'll figure it out later. So, how early in the shooting schedule do you think this scene between Tarkin and Leia was? I think it was uh, in in the middle because uh, they did Tunisia first, and then they did this stuff on the studios in England. Okay. And, of course, the famous story that uh, he is wearing bunny slippers because there weren't <laughs> any shots of his feet, and he found it much more comfortable that way. But I mean because, but especially because of her heavy accent in this scene. Yes. Uh, and, and you can find plenty of places of uh, Carrie Fisher talking about that, of feeling like she was trying to be regal, and sometimes it came out that way. Yeah. And also, she's she's in England and surrounded by people yeah, I do the same the thing. Proper British accents. I would do the same thing. You would start talking in space British. It's usually where I am, like ah, when in Rome. <laughs> There's a nice regal R rolling. Yeah, I think a, a really fascinating thing about watching Star Wars again, too, watching A New Hope in particular, is uh, we've talked a little bit about on this show, the new canon and everything kind of prequels forward is inching a, introducing us to sort of a very complicated, morally gray galaxy. And yeah. a lot of awful things happen in Star Wars, but everybody still walked out of the theater feeling like, we just saw a fun romp about good yeah. and evil, not just an entire planet was obliterated. Uh, and it's it's interesting to just watch uh, how the film tells you like here's an event that happened, but don't think about it in like really real terms. The film doesn't ask us to think about it, no, in really real terms. So, yeah, so having that scene after all of the the space battle and the aliens and everything takes you out of that real world sense that you should be su- like they d- they destroyed a planet, right. We should clearly care about these characters that we're seeing in front of us that yes. we're meeting and knowing, but it's not asking us to imagine the absolute horror of everybody on Alderaan dying. It's just that's a really evil thing that the bad guys do, and the good guys are going to beat them. Yay! Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's uh, talked about in Chris Taylor's book how... Star Wars Conquered the Universe, uh, how last minute uh, this uh, hollow chess or Dejeric add-in was and how thrilled Lucas was that he managed to get that done. Get it in. Yeah. Who d- who did the stop-motion work? I, be- I believe it was Phil Tippett. Okay. 
Uh, I might have that wrong, and I'm sure people will happily correct me if I do. Well, Tip Tippett was uh, he worked on uh, Jurassic Park later, so I know he's in the I know he's in the field. Right, he's a guy, the dinosaur supervisor, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't there. Yeah, and it's fascinating to me that like Luke's saber, you know, it it looks closer to how it did. It's uh, you know the more old school rotoscoping where it's vibrating. It's not as clearly bluish. I know some people have been upset in different iterations that it looks a little more green than blue. And it's it, it's interesting to me that with all of these touch-ups that Lucas hasn't gone through and made it look perfect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so uh, Han's attitude here, obviously it has even more resonance now that we know he's going to be the guy who does believe in the Force it's all true. and tells everybody about it. Smash cut. It's all true. I have wondered what the uh, practical function of uh, of this shield is. Like, how you generally use it. I <laughs> you can't... So maybe... You no, know, I have an idea. Maybe if you're, if you're by... Uh, like a sun or, or like a, a solar yeah. body or something like that. You set in coordinates, but you put that over so that you don't stare directly yeah, into okay. the hot body. Okay, so you're in your you're in your ship, you know where things are. It's not mm -hmm. like you're wandering around the planet. No, you're just <laughs> on, you're just on the uh, on the control board like okay, setting coordinates whatever. And I what it looks like it looks like that flips up. Yeah. So, I th that that's what I thought. I think Obi-Wan also must be so happy there that he deflected the blast. And, like, like we need to believe that he is so powerful in the Force like his father was that he is going to pick up this stuff so fast. Yeah. And he does. Uh, I kind of feel like in my head canon, Luke is just as powerful in the Force, if not more than Anakin, because he does develop so quickly and with so little guidance. Yeah. Taking your first step into a larger world, I think, is a great line, and that's one of the ones that I think about in real life every time I actually do something new and try something new. <laughs> I think of that line. That's great. It's real poetic. There's a there's a weird thing with Vader here, I believe, where he stops talking, but he keeps gesturing. Yep. Right there. Did you see that? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it is I amazing to think that, like, yeah, the film has those little flaws that just, like, everything else was so amazing about it, it got away with some of the actual just, like, yep, that's a that's a mistake that's, that's right there on screen. That's just a dude who likes moving his hand. I like that Obi-Wan continues to be wise. I don't know if he actually, you know, has meditated enough to kind of be aware of the Empire, but it, he just has no doubt, yep, they're that bad. Of course, they destroyed it. And that was... I just realized how... So Ben's Ben's been on Tatooine the whole time, and for somebody, yeah. supposedly... Um, so with the framing of the prequels... A dude who's been on a desert planet for like for the majority of his life sees a Tie Fighter and goes, "That's a short-range fighter." Yeah. How does he know that unless he's seen some biz? 
Yeah, I, I like mean, so that. yeah, you have to imagine that well, it, you know, it's been put in canon in in like in Lost Stars and other things in particular that there that that the Star Wars galaxy really has media as we know it. It has, you know, news reports, it has propaganda, bits, yeah. propaganda and that. So I'm sure he he keeps up on things up to a point as much as he can. Then there's our first I've got a bad feeling about this yeah. from Luke. And it and that nope. and it's nice that the first one comes from Luke and you can wonder about it if I've got a bad feeling about this is a pretty common sense thing to say here, but also maybe a little force sensitive. <laughs> like does he literally have a feeling, a force feeling? His fir his first uh premonition? Baby's first premonition? Mm -hmm. I feel like that line should get a little bit more recognition at You times. can't win, but there's alternatives to fighting? Yeah. yeah. That is yeah, it's a it's a nice philosophy, and it it matches everything we've met, uh, we've learned about Obi Wan. Mm -hmm. It's very very Obi Wan of like, it goes back to in Revenge of the Sith when he says, you know, what's your next step? Spring the trap. Mm -hmm. Just deal with it. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit during the prequels. In as I've been rewatching Clone Wars, uh, one of the tradi traditions I love about Star Wars is that you will always get to spend time with ships landing. Yeah, so much time. Like, <laughs> no, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch it. Interior shot, exterior shot, close up. Yeah. Slowest elevator in the world. Uh, so Just for three soldiers. This uh, this kind of random hole in the middle of the landing bay. Uh, when I was a kid and I was utterly obsessed with Star Wars, I would like things more if they had any little connection. And there was a library that we would go to that had a second floor sort of atrium that had that sort of hole cut out. Mm -hmm. And I would demand to go to that library because just that little detail was like, it reminds me of the hole in the Death Star <laughs> on the second floor. I need to go to the Death Star library. Um, and I do think that's a, a power of these films, regardless of which ones you saw first or how old you are, that it resonates into like just little weird parts of your life. Yeah. And I like that line from, from Vader. And and that reaction seems to support the, I don't want anything to do with Anakin Skywalker. Because it's, like, it's a presence I've not felt since. Nope, got to go. Not talking about it. Yeah. Deuces. And yeah. And that, that tracks, too, of if Vader is really focusing on hate. He's got to hate Obi-Wan Kenobi so much. So if his focus is on hate, it's not surprising that he would pick up on his most hated person. I, and I, uh, the who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him, I've come to love even more because a lot of things that Obi-Wan Kenobi is saying, he's kind of trying to be wise and instruct someone, and that's just kind of a sick burn on, on yeah. Solo. <laughs> So there's obviously some fisticuffs that they punch these guys. This is one of the mysteries of Star Wars. We hear blaster shots, but the uh, uh, armor that they steal does not have That's any perfect, burn marks yeah. on it. Shoot in between to the Under Armour. Yeah. 
Or maybe they missed and just punched. <laughs> or maybe those are the... No, that wasn't the Stormtrooper noise. Yeah, it could be the Stormtroopers firing. There yeah. you go. There you go. I feel like one of the things that people would criticize Star Wars for, if, it, if this, this story came out now, I feel like people would criticize, because I think we're generally just a much more critical society now, yeah. would criticize sort of the ease of their moving about in the Death Star and how quickly they find the things they're looking for in the Death Star. So that line makes it sound like uh, that Obi-Wan does know exactly who R2-D2 yeah. is and that, like, uh, yeah, he knows he all be. about this stuff. He used to uh, work inside this organization. He was my old IT guy. <laughs> yeah. That little PowerPoint from R2-D2. Yeah, and I think Obi Wan is already accepting when he's leaving here that he that he must he must uh, sense that Vader's around and knows that he's not going to get out of there without confronting him, and probably really doesn't want Luke anywhere near Vader. So you stay as far away from me as possible. I'm gonna do what I do. Yeah. And even that that's that sounds like a goodbye. It really does. Yeah. That'll probably be a meme uh, to cut with uh, that line of where did you drag up that old fossil to a picture of old Han Solo. Maybe that'll be one of our callback <laughs> lines. That'd be a good one. Yeah, that would definitely be a good callback line. Yeah, so Princess Leia. So there's another strange pronunciation. And with how many languages 3PO knows, he's got to have all of those those grammar protocols. <laughs> he's got to be saying it right anytime he says somebody's name. Well, yeah, you would think so. He yeah. should be saying it right, yeah, because 3PO really does have the power to well actually anybody he wants about grammar. <laughs> and seem I like, like that phrasing. He has the power to well act. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, and I feel like uh, Han, Han Solo's sort of journey in the original trilogy is so well done. And I think one of the things that, that is legitimately really good that stands the test of time, that we have this sort of the A plot of Luke's journey uh, through the Force and taking down the Empire, and then the main B plot is Han Solo's moral journey yeah, uh, and his problems with Jabba the Hutt. And it gets set up so well with him being out for himself. And do you think that might have been Luke's attempt at trying a mind trick? <laughs> Just there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I think, like, right there, that's a, an example of, like, some actual, like, good humor, like, well-done humor mm -hmm. in classic Star Wars. 
this line too. Donk. <laughs> Yeah, so my way. anybody who doesn't think like bits of kind of goony humor and and shtick bits is not a part of Star Wars, there you go, right in the first film. Chewbacca ro roars at the mouse droid, makes him go away, then laughs at him. It looks so cool. Yeah, and whoever just came up with the design of like, hey, the lights should just be like this. They should be kind of long and shouldn't quite match. And now that's going to be a thing that's going to be with us for a long time. All these old Imperials too. Yep. Like I, I remember seeing a lot of like middle-aged and maybe younger up-and-coming dudes, but I don't recall seeing a whole bunch of older men other than in the boardroom. No, and it does give you a picture of uh, the Empire as sort of um, well, they own. It is entirely controlled by old humans, mm -hmm. and a little bit of the, the speciesism or racism of Palpatine. That you you're not seeing any really diversity on the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you continue to rewatch it, Mark, yeah. what is your uh what what section do you get the most out of? Do you get the most out of the first act on Tatooine, the second act on the Death Star, or the third act of the attack of the Death Star? I mean, the the attack is is the is the culmination of so much from the build up. Mm -hmm. So that sort of release of evil is punished, and and it also, I mean, per, for me, it's that's the the Death Star run that you get from uh, Star Tours. Okay. So, <laughs> so yes. So yeah. So from I, your Star Tours filter, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through my Star Tours filter, that that I have the most personal recollection from. Okay. So that, um, but I do like these Death Star scenes a lot. Uh, yeah. The the Tatooine part is, it, it's it's really interesting. It starts at like a breakneck pace of look at all this stuff. It's a war and everybody's fighting and this this girl's in trouble and, and this tall dude's choking a guy and all that. And then it's like. All right, let's slow it down. Yeah, and it just it slowly builds back up to that point. Yeah, it's like the first it's like the first hill of a roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I I love how crazy they go in here because it does seem like young people. Uh, the nice contrast with Obi Wan. Yeah, this is I think the best <laughs> bit of comedy in all of Star Wars. How are you? <laughs> And the fact that he knows it was bad. Yeah. He's like, damn it. And I can't help but but think of all of the robot chicken sketches as we w go through this too. Yeah. Uh, and and robot chicken is great, but for me, nothing's ever going to be better anyway. than this actual. Yeah, the actual the, dialogue. The, the actual dialogue is hilarious because it's just so, it's coming so honestly from the character of Han Solo and that we've already met. And in terms of honestly from uh, Luke, how like. Right after he heard that Leo was here, he was like, "What am I gonna say? What am I gonna say to yeah. her?" Nailed it! <laughs> totally nailed it. <laughs> Who's Ben Kenobi? I only know of Obi Wan Kenobi. 
yeah, this is a very cool wipe. And I like Tarkin's line coming up here. It's weird that you need the force. Yeah, so that's a really cool thing that it is just that he just straight up calls it a religion and acknowledges that Vader is the the only one around from his perspective. Mm -hmm. But I I also like you know from just watching uh, A New Hope, you would wonder how old is Obi Wan Kenobi? Maybe he's eight hundred years old. Who knows? It's space. Uh, but we know he's like he's like fifty. Yeah. So I like Vader's line of like, "Don't underestimate the power of the Force. You can use the Force to live up to fifty years old." <laughs> <sighs> What a concept. We don't like doors, the stormtroopers. Well, why would they? Doors, how do they work? Let's make it a lot harder on ourselves by blasting through. Yeah, and I feel like uh, the 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 film in a lot of ways just sort of really starts rocketing to life now. now that we've got our three heroes together, and they do have just amazing chemistry. I mean, huge props to George Lucas for the the casting, not of the individual talents, but the the chemistry. Do you think there were chemistry reads like they yes. have often now? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, there, yeah, there's some good video you can find on YouTube of different people reading for the roles, uh, and you can and even more sort of complicated, dense George Lucas space dialogue, uh, and he, he, he paired them in groups of threes, and this was the three that he wanted together. So it was very, very purposeful. Excellent. That's that's good to hear. <laughs> Somebody has to save our skins. Yeah, and this is, this is so great. It's that, you know, how much Leia is just uh, taking charge, and... Uh, and also just like, dude, I gotta get out of here. Yes, like, clearly... You know, anything is better than just standing here, and that's kind of it. Keeps being a consistent thing with, with Han for the sort of, for the the brave guy who's brash. Through these scenes, he keeps complaining like, "This is a bad idea. We should do X." Like, <laughs> no, I didn't want to do that. That's that was a bad idea, idea too. Yeah. Yeah. We probably not head first though. Head first with a yell is great. Yeah, and here we uh, we really start to get into once we're getting up to like now we're at the pace where we sort of associate with Star Wars films, where it's like the very serial adventure roots of from one problem to the other, mm -hmm. and we're you know we talked about this when we're watching the prequels. Some of it is it's definitely for the joy of the actual problem or adventure they're facing, but it's also for like let's see a little bit of who the characters are when they how they deal with getting out of this. That's just that shot just there of the four of them. Yeah, I, I like that framing. That's like the classic. Looking at in in concern and stress. But, but well, not necessarily just that, but the like where they are in the shot and the placement mm. of the scene. Yeah, just like here are our four main characters. Look at them. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> Intrigue. Slimy, gross things. Yeah, around Halloween we talked about sort of the elements of horror in Star Wars, and Pretty I think this is one of the great scenes. 
because <laughs> that popped up, and you're just like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah, the actual uh, the effect of the Dianoga is uh, is looks a little dated, um, but the, the rest of the way this scene is shot is just sort of classic suspense and set up the tension that there's a problem, and then everything's very still. And definitely some weird things in A New Hope, like just out of the blue, he calls it a gun instead of a blaster. Yeah. But because that's a like common lexicon, I don't think that stands out as much because of how sort of gateway a lot of the regular language or the the space quote unquote space language is. Yeah. I, I think going the other way doesn't hinder it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something I noticed. Yeah. It. Yeah. So I feel like you know we're getting this whole adventure uh, in in here, but we're all we also get to see like a little bit of Han actually does care a little bit like mm -hmm. he's not like whatever let's move on he's like he wants to get luke out he's yelling for him there's another one i had not picked up that they doubled down on i've got a bad <laughs> there there are two bad feelings in a new hope but the, i think another thing uh, that does really make their uh chemistry work really well is unlike a lot of films where just one one character would be the leader, the smart one. Mm -hmm. They all three of them keep coming up with ideas. They're not always necessarily the right idea, but they're all active in what's going on and coming up with like the ideas. Active participants of the team. Yeah. And you and you, you it's a good ensemble. Yeah, it's not like any one of them is a leader. It's not like a James Bond movie where James Bond would come up with all the ideas because he's James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> and here is I think the head smack. Yep. yep. Duh. And I think I oh, think geez. they enhanced the clunk sound because uh, they have embraced that. I don't know if that's true, but it sounded that way to me. But I also saw the I saw him like adjust his helmet. <laughs> the adjust, yeah. Duh. Oh, jeez. Must have oh. hurt so much. Oh, that's smart. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have to walk through that door anymore. So yeah, during this part of the filming, Luke has really, really had to fight to get all the extra shots because you know the the British Union was just like well we're, we're done at this time and we're and then we're done mm -hmm. uh, and just the, the incredible strength of character that Lucas had to have to have I have this incredibly weird vision of what this movie is and I need these weird shots to make them work and just imagining the pressure of a bunch of super professional older British dudes like we've been doing this for years you don't need that shot and Lucas having to say like no, I have this vision of this weird space movie, and you don't understand it. Like, mm -hmm. that's uh, you know, that's a lot of strength of character. And now, supposedly, Daniel Craig is a stormtrooper, so it all comes it, full circle. Yeah. Yes, the circle is complete. R two sweet sonic screwdriver there. <laughs> So what what do you think of that line of one thing's for sure we're all going to be a lot thinner? I've heard some people call it a bad dad joke and an example of of uh, goony humor in Star Wars. Do you <sighs> like that line? I'm a fan of dad jokes though. They're <laughs> stupid and I acknowledge it's like ah that's a dad joke and there that's a that's a dumb joke. But I like it. It it's it, that sounds like something that's right up Han's alley. Yeah, he's trying to break the tension. He's still trying to look cool. He's not the kind of guy to lose his cool. <laughs> Uh, direct, will you shut up to C-3PO? One of the other I, great you know, traditions. We've had a couple of problems. I also hope there's lots of 
fun telling 3PO to shut up in Force Awakens. It's just like, why don't, why don't you shut up for once? Good for you, 3PO. That would be a great scene in Force Awakens where 3PO's like, would you like to hear how I got my red up? Shut up, 3PO. Uh, oh. Yeah, I always like this. I mean, Three Bears got the good joke about they're dead, but it also oh, it also seems like it, it keeps them being such like a fun, youthful team that like they uh, averted this one minor problem, and they're celebrating like they took the whole empire down. Everything is better now. Yeah, like, they're just so excited. Like, yeah, we accomplished one small task amidst <laughs> all of these horrible, impossible tasks, but they're so happy and excited about it. Oh, young people. No, I know coming up this is a thing that's been changed. The uh, the controls used to have English on them, and they have been changed to Orabesh, the Star Wars language. Mm. It's another thing I like uh, in the details of the Death Star 2, that there are so many open chasms, no guardrails. The Death, you know, the Empire's like, let's build this whole space station, but like, no guardrails. We don't care about people's safety. All the little takes, all the little reactions are just like pick, like perfect for the characters. You know exactly who they are. <laughs> uh, Luke's little, uh, the way he's like looking around the corners, sort of cautious but sort of curious. That's another like just microsecond image that really sticks in my head. I like this coming up, too, because it's one of the few times that we hear stormtroopers just chatting. Mm -hmm. I love that line that he just says, uh, the other guys were telling me about it. It's, uh, it's quite a thing to see. It's such a, like, boring co-worker's office chatter it's like damn it I, i'm uh, i'm stationed with dan again yeah it, it's it sounds like they're just like hey did you uh did you see the walking dead last night yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, told no, me it was uh pretty scary last night I, yep. I fell off after season five what's uh what's going on <laughs> yeah and i like also in the the idea of that this is a beat-up universe we keep getting reinforcement that even in a beat-up universe the millennium falcon really looks like a piece of crap <laughs> So this is a special edition change too, where it's full of stormtroopers. What do you think about that? Eh, I think it still sells the idea. So I don't think it's it's too big of a change. Yeah, because it's 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 quick. It's lightning quick. Yeah, it's not I like anything like oh they're they're covering the the screen and they're walking across <laughs> the screen. Yeah, it's there's like no Ronto butt. Yeah, there, there's nobody like dancing like in the background. Like <laughs> no, it's just it's just there's more of them. Yeah, and it's amazing to think uh, in the scope of the Star Wars 
narrative of the the six films that we have so far um how much of new hope is just introducing us to the world introducing us to the characters and there's certainly really big beats like the end of obi-wan kenobi and they do just everybody meets and they do destroy the death star but so much wilhelm scream yeah, uh, so much of this is just fun adventure and yeah. just like here's the world we're gonna play in it for a little while like in comparison to the prequels that have so many narrative points this this is more like you're gonna learn about the characters by how they react to the situation as opposed to let's learn all about these the, these characters so that when the situation arises you know how they'll react yeah it is, is a little bit of a triumph of uh, characters over plot because yeah. I mean there is a plot it's a it's an incredibly well structured plot uh, for luck I'll come back to uh, bite you guys in meme world yeah. Um, but yeah but it, it takes its time and only has a couple of big beats it's not trying to tell a bunch of different stories yeah he just knows I gotta be ready so how do you, having seen all of the incredibly acrobatic fights of the prequels <laughs> how do you feel about this lightsaber battle coming up does it distract you this um, not necessarily like I, I've I've heard the complaints that it just looks like a couple of old dudes waving sticks at each other, mm -hmm. but it, I think the prequels inform it even more mm -hmm. so. Where it's like we literally fought for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's not what that's not what this is about. Yeah, that they know each other's moves and that they know they're both they're they're fighting in a different style. I think yes. as you can headcanon as you can say like, well, one is a cyborg. And one is an older man, but it almost just seems more like these sort of like, why both spin around? We know what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. I feel like everything in their conversation tracks. Uh, Darth is, you know, some people have complained about the Darth because it's, you know, it it we used to interpret that as he's basically saying his first name. Yeah. Uh, and now we know he's saying sort of like. His tight, his evil title. You know, it's like calling him general. You know, but that's not giving. That's him acknowledging the. I think the order as opposed to him as a person, because he, because he's not calling him. Because if he called him a name, he would call him Anakin. Yeah. So I like that he. Yeah, and I think it kind of works. It's saying like you know. Basically, it's just reminding like you let me down. Mm -hmm. By doing so you, this. you want to make this choice. Then we're gonna live with that choice. Yeah, you're not gonna see it, and you'll get no sympathy from me. Yeah. The one thing that uh, you know, it, I would never want any, anybody to ad attempt to address this, but the one thing that would have been cool to me is just a little bit more anger from Vader, because we know how powerful his anger is. Yes, and we get that a little bit in this scene. Uh, you know, but then but that again that goes back to what that fight is about, because mm -hmm. he. For his mind, he probably just wants to defeat him, not necessarily kill him. Right. Yeah. So, may, yeah. Is there any little bit of fear from Vader? Does Vader feel totally confident of I've had years of hunting down Jedi and being in charge of the galaxy and I'm not afraid of this old man? Or is mm -hmm. there a little bit of like, what if he cuts my legs off again? Yes. <laughs> uh, but certainly, uh, you know, Vader has wanted to hunt down and, and get rid of all Jedi and man I'm sure does he want to finish it off with Obi-Wan and I think that comes through in the fight and ha there he is getting distracted again <laughs> yep 
All right, guys, let's get what shiny thing. Yeah, and I and I wonder if Obi Wan had some hope to maybe win the battle before this, you know, and only now made this. Decision. No, I think that was a that was a conceit. Yeah, it's like they're gonna be safe. Yeah, but so also yeah, I think I think it was something that he wanted Vader to see and notice. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think a, a couple things. I think, A, it's great that we saw how the lightsaber worked earlier so that we know when watching that that's not the normal way a lightsaber works. Yes. When I saw this very young, I was confused and thought lightsabers made people disappear. And then when I got a little older and saw the arm cut off, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and the the line, you know, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I really like it. I think it's forced into the prequels too fast. They should have spent more time on it. But I really like the idea of that that is not a normal jedi or sith thing to be able to retain your identity within the force that's the power that obi-wan is referring to and i think it actually tracks in a new hope that if obi-wan hadn't been there to tell luke to use the force he wouldn't have blown up the death star yeah and the rebellion like would have been over uh and he is able to continue guiding luke and it is a very much like a light side power to be like you know what it's a it's still powerful to be able to reach out and communicate I agree. Do you like, uh, or, or or what do you think about Qui Gon's appearance in Clone Wars when I it like comes it. to that? I like it a lot because it fleshes out that the track of that story that Qui Gon is the one who was interested in the Living Force. He was the one who first sort of discovered like, yes, you can meditate and get this power to retain your identity in the within the Force. Even though with that last line or one of the last lines in Episode Three being. Um, uh, your old master, he's become one with the yeah. and 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 Obi Wan being so surprised. Yeah, like even despite all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's. I think I think that whole scene in Revenge of the Sith could have been uh, handled a little bit better, but it doesn't bother me too much. Hmm. Was that digital shake? Yeah, you know. Because that didn't look natural. That 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 is something that might have been added. I can see how that. I can see how how that would be a thing that Lucas would want to introduce, since it's been introduced in other Star Wars movies. Then, of the sort of uh, the modern special effects, like do shaky cam on the special effects so it feels real. But I think some of this is. Uh, I know some of this was on set of Definitely. shake them. That's a great comedy line of the Hear Me Baby Hold together. It's also interesting just in the in the growth of this sort of the scale like we were talking about of story of like escaping the Death Star, taking out a few ties is a big deal and they need to be in the gun turret cockpits. And by Return of the Jedi, it's not that's not a big no. That's not a big story point. That's not a big scene. Just, like, uh. the Falcon zips around and blows stuff up, you know? And especially for Luke. Like, he, he just got his first, like, super adventurous kill, really. Like yeah. He, hey, I shot one down. How awesome. <laughs> I did always like the grid... Uh, computer. Yeah, feeling. yeah, and it's great to establish uh, for our understanding of that Luke chooses to use the Force in the trench run, and before we see it in the trench run, it's great to establish that sort of like this is how shooting is done. You, you do it maybe a little weakness. bit by feel, but yeah. 
Yeah, at least you kept your arm on this time, 3PO. It'll be deactivated for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I like that it was Vader's idea. And here we get the kind of the setup of the the love triangle in this little scene here, which I really like. <laughs> huh. That's funny. You're such an idiot. Yeah, and but that's yeah. also a great line. Yeah, but I and I like that Leia continues to have this sort of um the institutional knowledge of like she knows the way the empire actually functions she's yeah. a part of its government or has been up to this point I love this conversation coming up between Luke and Han I've been on record. That's one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars. It is so earnest and believable, and it, it fits his character so well. I care. I care. So what do you think? Hey. Yeah, so y y y it's great to see the way how much the characters understand one another. Yeah, so we we learned so much in that scene. Like, <laughs> we learned that Han is cocky, and that Leia has institutional knowledge, mm -hmm. and then we learned that. But Han is a man of the world, and he is playing Luke like a fiddle about his jealousy because he <laughs> understands that really well. And just like, yeah, there's just not only is like a fun, well-written scene, but there's just so much character building in it. And now we kind of have the framing of fr from su stuff like Lost Stars with all of the uh, like Holovins and stuff. Luke probably watched old adventure serials too, and wanted to be the yeah. hero and get the girl and all of this. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is scary and upsetting as he loses uh, parent figure after parent figure. But it is it's what he's always dreamed of of being a part of the action of making a difference. So that scene that we just passed with the sentry holding out the device. What do yeah. you think is happening there? Um, I think it's just a lookout. That's, that's but really what? A but what do you think the device is? Um, I mean, it could be a messaging thing. We we don't even we don't see it from <laughs> the other side. Like he's I amming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, you Leia ASL like I <laughs> so, something. But uh, it 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 seems more like um like maybe a bio reading or because if it's something that can scan electrical signals and it doesn't get the tracking beacon. Yeah. So uh, that it's got to be something for like messaging. Or hailing, I would suppose, is a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's maybe like a scanning thing. Mm -hmm. And seeing the uh, all of the geography of this place, it it makes me think that we're seeing uh, Yavin in the the trailers for Force Awakens. Interesting, interesting. I think we're gonna see it in Rogue One for sure. It'd be cool Definitely. to see it in Force Awakens. It's um. Yeah, I, there are a couple things I really like in this scene. I do like, I like that it is basically, you know, an 8-bit PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> Not even 8-bit. Uh, it's really, really cool. He calls There's her Leah, too. Leah. And, you know, if you, in the casting of all of these rebels, how young they are. 
in in Blu-ray, I have seen some acne that I never picked up before from those young rebel pilots. You'll win an Atari 2600. Sweet. Yeah, well, you're an ass. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it is kind of a jerky thing uh, that Luke will actually do, but he just says it with such charm and confidence and gusto. Like, no, I can do it. We can do it. It'll be great. Yeah, so this whole thing is uh, is cut together really well, but uh, I think the elegance of it's it's do or die. Yavin's going to be blown up, or the Death Star is going to be blown up. It's a great take from Tarkin too, where he's just here. He's not entirely confident. He's not as confident as Vader. Sweet Y wing shot. Mm hmm. And then one of the things I like about this is his reward apparently came in very small bills or coins because he's got a lot to carry. Dude, there's no checks in space. <laughs> it's transferred to my Venmo or something. Yep. Yeah, so it, for as much as the whole uh, Star Wars saga, or at least the classic trilogy, is is Luke's journey, the sort of biggest arc is Han's in A New Hope. Yeah, because Luke is kind of writing the line of of like a like a film hero, mm -hmm. um, but Han's Han's the the unpredictable one, really. Yeah, I mean Luke's sort of like at the rise in his action, like he mm -hmm. he doesn't. None of his sort of uh, beliefs are challenged. Like, he's introduced to... He steps into a larger world. Definitely. So he's changing, but it's not like he has this one specific, like, conflict that he is overcoming, uh, whereas that's exactly what's going on with Han. And I had never really looked at it that way, of watching the film and how much is the, the setup of that's... That's the change. That's the hero who needs to change. feel bad for me. Yeah, and pe many people have pointed yeah. out in recent years that Luke could have been more sensitive to uh, the fact that uh, Leia's whole planet was destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> instead oh, of just... one guy. Huh? One guy. About my family. About my friends. And this is a scene that has been re-added uh, in the special editions of uh, Big Starklighter, who was originally in a lot more scenes on Tatooine. You'll see a decent amount of these uh, character actors in 80s sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they pop up. That guy who was just talking is on Cheers. Uh, yeah, but I like I like that it, this edition of special, uh, in the special edition of seeing Bigs like Darklighter, seeing uh, Luke have other connections to people so that there is more weight when everyone starts dying around him in the yeah. Death Star Trench run. And that it's not, I guess that's a, th that's a, that's a, part where the film does try to tell us it's not just fun and games. There's Here's some weight or meaning for the characters. And it's Luke's sobering moment where he's like, oh, yay, fun. And then people start blowing up next to him. He's like, well, Yeah, crap. it's not going to be as easy as Bullseye and Womp Rats. 
some nice Y-Wing action. Yeah, and this is all great sort of uh, analog to real life stuff. Yeah. Of all of this sort of flight prep. Kind of like want Danger Zone to be playing in the background. <laughs> a little Top Gun vibe. <laughs> I love that as a joke. I'm so glad it's not reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's another huge thing about uh, A New Hope, that conventional wisdom would have said, like, Lu uh, Lucas, put a disco track in there. That's what's hot. I mean, Lucas yeah, had yeah. this strength of will to say, like, no, it Stick needs to the score. It needs to feel timeless. It needs to have one of these big orchestral scores like people used to have. Uh, and that is obviously people talk about the music endlessly. It's a huge part. And again, just a tribute to uh, Lucas's resolve. Because, I mean, Star Wars would not. It survives the haircuts. It would not have aged well with a disco track. There's a bit of a cleanup. Yeah, there's a new shot uh, that was added in 97 to show all the all the ships, and I like it. Oh, Jack Porkins. Jack Porkins. Now, when when you were first seeing this movie, what mm -hmm. was what was your favorite starship? Like like now I'm I know it's evolved, but like oh. what was the first thing to be like? Oh, that's so cool! X-wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, a couple. It was the you know, my my super connection to Luke. I you know I walked through this movie as Luke. Of course. So the idea you know, and the X-wing is almost like a car. Like oh, he gets his his vehicle of freedom where he can do cool things and express himself. And I have an older brother who's three years older, and we sort of naturally or sometimes uh, out of necessity divided up favorites. Okay. And Luke was my favorite. The X-Wing was my favorite. Uh, and my brother's favorite was Han. And the Millennium Falcon was his favorite. Naturally. I had an X-Wing toy. He had the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I, I could play with the Millennium Falcon if I wanted. But, but it was his. But it was his. Yes. And same, similar situation with me. That's funny. Uh, you, you older brother? By three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and did he have the Millennium Falcon that you could play with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I, I love that he uh, that he's cocky, and he the first thing he does is overzealous. Turbo lasers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the fact that Vader goes to fly and fight, like when you see the film, it's like, sure, yeah, the bad guy flies. That has so much more weight mm -hmm. when you've watched all the prequels, and like he loves flying. Yeah, I get to get back. I get to get my uh, custom tie. Yeah. Oh, I love his <coughs> ship too. I wish that James Earl Jones would. I don't want it in the movie, but it'd be cool if he recorded a. Now this is, pod <laughs> <laughs> this is pod racing. I wonder if the, uh, if anybody on the rebels like when they have him in to record, it's like, could you just give me? I'm sure. Just a really quick, just. They have so many jokes. Yeah, like Luke's a little confused already because this is it's not a thing to be expected that, a ghost would speak to you. Who knew? That was such a dramatic shot. Yeah. Coming out of the darkness. Guys, I've got some bad news. <laughs> uh, so Lucas used a lot of old, like, World War II footage to cut together exactly what this should be. And I think it, uh, I think it really, it really shows, because, like, for such complex shots uh for special effects wise the the story and narrative really comes through mm-hmm 
But again, that, that difference of scale in A New Hope where a TIE fighter's explosion is almost as large as a planet's explosion, yes. where now it's just sort of a little blip. All of this sort of uh, tactical base that uh, Leia is in is obviously going to be a presence in The Force Awakens Yeah. Uh, with the Leia poster. It's cool to see that connection. Do you, do you like how erratic they've made the TIE Fighters now? Because you can see in the back window they're they're shaking a little bit more erratically. Uh, you mean in this? Yeah, in this version. Yeah, where they put. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that helps. Um, I think there are a couple times where the where the new uh, CGI doesn't match up with the style of the older shots. Mm -hmm. But I, I I understand the desire to make it a little bit more dynamic. And mix some of the like we just had that very flat shot of the Y wings. Yeah, mix that in with a little bit more movement. I understand the desire to do that. And uh, speaking of video games, this is yeah, a me. thing I've done thousands of times, literally thousands of times. I just played this in the Battle Pod. Oh, cool! It's one of the coolest things. Ever. Yeah, I mean, really early arcade uh, game based on the trench run. Uh, I really like the Rogue Squadron uh, in Rogue Leader games for GameCube, so I did this a lot. Mm -hmm. I actually just picked uh, Rogue Squadron 3 back up. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to play that again. It's been so long. But, I mean, with Battlefront coming out so soon, it's like, why... Why bother? Yeah. Do you know if there will be a trench run in Battlefront? I Prince? don't. I know that that there are going to be uh, there's going to be uh, vehicle combat, but okay. they haven't fully announced it. They also announced the season pass, so there's going to be more expanded content. Okay. But we don't know for sure what it's going to be. Oh, he felt so bad about dying. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of cringing away from it. Probably the actor cringing away from sparks in the little Probably. cockpit. Stay on target. Yeah, and stay on target is, uh, I think, one of those lines that's, like, it's perfectly efficient for the film, but is one of those lines that is just in culture because we love Star Wars so much, we've watched Star Wars so much, that it naturally pops into people's minds yeah. on a daily basis. That's one of those lines. When we're so easily distracted. Triumph? I do like having the knowledge, as you mentioned before, that he was wearing bunny slippers because <laughs> that makes him seem so much crazier by the end. Yes. You know he's wearing those slippers. Oh, we're going to evacuate? Why did you no. do that? No, right, I'm not going to run in slippers. Are you nuts? He's lost his mind. Yeah, and that's a great little Ben Burt design there, too, to, to cut back and forth from hearing them in their own uh, ships versus hearing them over the radio in the other X-Wings. Yeah. Yeah, and for I think even when it was released, it was clear that like this is a fun romp. This is a uh, feel-good movie about good versus evil. We really want our heroes to win, and and yet there's still tension. Yeah, even yeah, watching yeah. it now, and like of course they're gonna win because that's uh, that's the way this movie works. It's everything about this movie is telling you they're going to win, but there's still great tension because it's just shot and performed so well.
not gonna make it. So do you find like playing playing games like this, uh, playing scenes like this, do they make you appreciate it differently? Do they start to take a little bit of the magic away? Not necessarily. It 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 puts me more into I it puts me into the world, which is ultimately what viewers want from their favorite franchises. So mm-hmm. um, it it is a little weird playing as the character. Well, I mean, as Luke, but as yeah. it's not as implied that you are Luke, even though you're the one that drops the bombs into the Death Star. It's yeah. just it's wish fulfillment. But it's it's if it's presented well enough, then I I I think it's wonderful. Yeah, it's so much fun, especially with that battle pod. You've got the screen that wraps all the way around you, so it's like you're there. You've got a couple of uh, handles and a and a why can't I brain. Uh, joystick? Joystick, thank yeah. you. Uh, with with all the right buttons. It feels right. There's not a lot of force feedback in, like, the seat or anything, but it's still just, like, I'm here. Like, it, it does, like, the sweeping shot, and you have to take down towers and such. It's it's cool. It's great. It, it puts you in, into the scene. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like, I, I played this a million times in uh, Rogue Squadron to try to get all of, like, the gold medal in that. That means you you start to do something that's incredibly exciting, that means a lot to you, again and again, uh, to the point of tedium. And I think it is a tribute to the film that even though I can't see the movie now without thinking of all of the hours I did that, I still just enjoy the scene for what it is, even though I think about, like, I've blown that up. I've blown that up. I've run into that. I know how to wiggle my X-Wing so Vader doesn't hit me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that was was something that um, my... uh, my fiance and I have just experienced with Disney Infinity. Sorry, that was just really awesome to say because it was <laughs> probably the first time I've said it in public. Um, uh, playing Disney Infinity, there's a uh, the space battle at the end of the Endor se- or for the Endor section, and we we kept losing because we couldn't. The Tie Fighters just wouldn't get in the right thing. Yeah, but we kept replaying, and it was still fun. And we ended up super strategizing and using call names and this that. Oh, and the other. nice! And it w- it made it. The 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 tedium and the repetition made it more Star Warsy. So yeah. that that nice. That's so, something for the medium. That's great. So yeah, uh, in the ongoing awfulness of Darth Vader as a father, Just killed one of his friends. Killed his best friend. <laughs> That no, guy to be was fair, my best friend. Hey, man, I just killed my old best friend. <laughs> I'm gonna save you the trouble. How about that? Yeah. Uh, now, what? How do you feel about Vader shooting R2? Do you think just in your head canon, does Vader just not recognize R2 from afar? It's it's possible because when we saw the uh, the first ride through space, uh, the vacuum kind of took the color away, so he just looks like a black and white astromech. Yeah, so, so just, it's entirely no possible that's that just like he just knows if I take out the astromech, he won't have a, like a guidance system. Yeah, yeah, and he's just trying to take take Luke out. But yeah, but certainly you know if you watch Clone Wars animated series there's so much connection between Anakin and R2 definitely uh that it has extra weight when you when you watch Vader ruthlessly shoot R2 like th- and and to think about it that was something that the the Clone Wars folks wanted to get early that was season 1 season 1 where R2 yeah. gets lost and Anakin's like no I yeah. got to get him and Obi-Wan and everybody else and then there's a later episode where Mace Windu doesn't understand why he's so uh, Anakin is so attached and like yep. he's he's my friend he's reliable he's always got my back. It's like dude, uh, what do we what do we say about attachment? Yeah, and now the the way this these beats here are cut right here at the mm-hmm. end in the music it's so uh 
yeah, it's just very, very well directed. Mm-hmm. Very well edited too. And that the uh, seeing the shot, wait, love it. <laughs> uh, the the shot from the cockpit of yeah. of the Tie Fighter made it so much more sinister and scary. Yeah, and I love it. I love any yeah, time that they use inside that. The... And that what? That's yeah. One of my favorite sound bites. What? And I think it was so great in in a movie that talked about this sort of mystical force. We got to see a few examples. We see Vader choking. Um, but <sighs> to to see to see Luke use the force and see that great uh, special effects shot of it's it's very. I think it's it's easy for for you to relate to as a person like uh, that feeling of when you're calm and focused you can do things mm-hmm. that you couldn't normally do and it makes the force seem like palpable and real instead of just hand wavy sci-fi religion yeah that's yeah. that's par- probably why midichlorians hit so hard yeah because people had already made this people who grew up with the original trilogy had made this connection to it over like it's, it's this very relatable thing of everybody can kind of have that sort of centering that it's mystical and all that but yeah and, I, d- and I don't think midichlorians reads that just if you don't like them ignore them exactly. no problem um but Man, I, d- I am not feeling as awesomely and super triumphant and happy that that Death Star got blown up now. Uh, after reading Lost Stars, after which really, Lost really, Stars, really man. humanizes it. But yeah, there's nothing in the film that tells us feel bad. Everybody no. we've seen on the Death Star is awful. It's all there's a great shot of Tarkin. You know, we, he's, e- he's even, it's like almost very Shakespearean mm-hmm. tragedy of like he's, he's offered to leave and yep. he doesn't take it. He's, he's too confident. Thanks. And the, the fact that that's the last shot we see before the Death Star blows up is him sort of contemplating and being obstinate and unmoving, that's a great way to just show us that's what the Empire is, is they are against change. They are obstinate and unmoving. I d- and I totally agree with you. Seeing Luke show up for the first time here, it's it's really now, okay, he's not, a, he's not a kid anymore. Yeah, he's in his new world. This is his, yeah. And I love that Han's version of dressing up is he just buttoned, is that, he buttoned that dirty shirt. And he cleaned it because it was like yellow, and now yeah. at least it lo- it's just like normal tunic color. Luke's. Uh, outfit is so awesome. It's it, I think it has a, a strong relationship to uh, Finn's jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was so happy when they remade figures in the 90s, uh, the Power of the Force line, that they finally put this action figure out. Because as a kid, I wanted that Luke action figure. I wanted Luke I want Metal Gear action figure. The Wink, so much great character. I can wink too. You get the sense that yeah, they they are they are sort of the the kids, they're the sort of the wild ones in this organized structure of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, as a joke, I like thinking of, of Luke trying to go for a wink and he's like, ah, he's totally <laughs> yeah. R2's okay. R2's fixed. Yeah. And <laughs> everybody is amused by his wobbling. I like to think he's saying, repair my jet legs. Repair so my jet legs while you're at it. It's not all about looks, it's about function. Poor Chewie does not he, uh, get a medal, but that's fine. A often parodied shot. Man, what an awesome movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it could have just been, absolutely could have just been, that's the story, and you can imagine that, you know, that the Empire folded because their big weapon was destroyed. Uh, but, you know, it's awesome that obviously the story continued, or we would not be sitting <laughs> on this To say the least. Uh, but yeah, but it's really interesting to think of in terms of Force Awakens, and we'll know the answers 
soon, mm -hmm. how much they're going to mirror that sort of feel of J.J. Uh, Abrams has said recently, we wanted a movie with a beginning and a middle and an end that feels complete. Mm -hmm. uh, but how much they're going to mirror, like, are we going to get a shot of people kind of triumphant straight on uh, the way we have in A New Hope and we have in Jedi and Phantom Menace, all of the, the movies where uh, people are sort of triumphant. Um, Do you think that will there will be a backlash from the fans because like oh they they're just they just made four with different characters or do you think that's what the fans want i think that most fans would be very happy i think if it i think if it uh imitates is not as negative a word as i mean but i feel if it, if it imitates the bones of a new hope it mm. will just feel right as Sounds opposed good. to if it you know if there are a ton of like dialogue callbacks or there are a lot of winks and nods to like very specific scenes I think that will maybe get a little tiresome but I feel like if it is structured and feels like a new hope I think people will be pretty excited about I can that. agree with that because people still walked out of Phantom Menace like oh new Star Wars yeah so that's I think we're gonna get that at least and if that was it's just a fun movie yeah it's, it's a fun movie and if you want to look into more stuff you get into that gray area but it's it's do you want to do round two? Round two, everybody? <laughs> do you want to come back through? Yes. I would be happy to watch it again in Blu-ray <laughs> and just look at the detail on everybody's pants. Yeah, seriously. It's like Luke's really pants. Been thinking about it for the last hour and a half. Yeah. Ever since he brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Just the sheer amount of invention in that film is uh, is amazing. We'll get we'll get into Empire. I'm super looking forward to Definitely. watching Empire, and I'm looking forward to having a uh, yeah, stop-motion animation Phil Tippett. Yep. There he is. Uh, I'm looking forward to discussing a lot of... Uh, people feel Empire is the best film. I feel like it is the best film, and I'm looking forward to discussing why, especially since A New Hope is always the one that's put up as the, is it A New Hope or Empire that's better? Exactly. And, uh, you know, watching again, I have such appreciation for A New Hope, particularly from the perspective of this came out of nowhere and, uh, and the amount of character and determination of everyone involved that it took to make this happen and create this whole big world. I... 100%. <laughs> you na like, nailed it. Awesome. So uh, any any final thoughts here before we wrap up? The Getting able to see this so close to watching the prequels again mm -hmm. helps me appreciate both sides. And, yeah. and I would recommend it. So I know that we do have fans that have watched along with us. And if you're joining us for the first time on this episode, highly recommend that you go back, watch our watch-alongs with episodes one, two, and three, not just as a promotional purposes. Yeah. But we... we kind of enlightened it was more enlightening than necessarily shaming <laughs> and, it, and it and it really helped me appreciate all of those movies a little bit more and i think i think they all deserve a chance at redemption yeah so yeah i think uh yeah i think a lot of the star wars discussion is always about layers and yeah. i feel like the the meat of a new hope like the base of a new hope is great and you can uh sort of uh pick at some of the surface level details mm -hmm. of line delivery or that uh but the structure is really good and i feel like that that stands true with the prequels that a lot of the structure is really interesting and fascinating and you can pick at the surface as much as you want I as agree. well. And uh, yeah, with that, we will be back to uh, talk all about Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, that will probably be happening in December. Probably, yeah. Uh, but until then, thank you guys so much for watching. Many Bothans died to bring us this watch along.
From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.